Welcome to the Success by Design podcast, where we teach professional women to achieve success on their own terms. In a world that often tells us we're not enough and that success requires sacrificing our well-being, we're here to challenge that narrative. Our podcast teaches you how to close your confidence gap, avoid burnout and overwhelm, and navigate demanding careers without sacrificing your personal life. We provide actionable strategies and insights to help you boost your peace, your potential, and your paycheck. Subscribe and review our podcast today, and let's start designing the life you deserve. Hey family, welcome back to another episode of Success by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how prepared are you for performance review? Yes, everyone, it's the end of the year. And it's that time where we are feeling that we are happy that the end of the year is here, but then we are looking at everything that we have to do and performance review and performance approval are part of this cycle. Now, how prepared are you? I can give you a lot of story, but I want to start with Haley. What story do you have about performance review as, you know, a leader and as an employee or either or? I would love to know where you landed with that. <laughs> this is everyone's favorite subject and favorite time of the year. So when I think about performance performance reviews, thinking about it from an IC standpoint, it's always stressful because it's time now you have to think about what did I do all year? In previous jobs, I wouldn't keep account of that. So when it came to the end of the year, I would usually only think about the things I've done the last couple of months because that's what's coming to mind. And I could have done some amazing things at the beginning of the year, but if I didn't write them down, I'm not going to remember them. So I've found that writing them down, and y'all heard me talk about my brag book. So either having a brag book or some type of document, even some organizations, which I've heard from my clients where they're starting to have their employees keep those or they encourage them to keep some type of document where they document their wins, their accomplishments. If you're having discussions with your leaders in your one-on-ones and you talk about your wins or your accomplishments, write those down because I'm telling you, they're going to help you so much when it comes time to do your performance review because you'll be able to think about and go to that document and see, oh, I did this back in February. Oh, I did this in April or I did this over the summer and you'll be able to remember those projects. So that was one of my biggest hurdles was trying to remember what I did throughout the year and then be able to articulate and be able to add detail and add stuff to it to make it look great when I was doing my performance review. Another thing that kind of stumped me when I was doing my performance reviews is trying to see sometimes what impact or what value did I bring to the business, especially if your company has your goals as company goals or team goals. So that can be hard to kind of see, well, where did I make a difference? Where did I make an impact? And that again goes back to looking at your accomplishments, your wins. If you use like Jira or some other like project management tool, be able to go in there and see which parts of the projects did you work on. And that can help you again, not be such a hurdle when you're filling that out in your performance review. I love that. I love the standing, like the preparation, right? In line with those point, I'm going to talk from a management perspective, because when I was a manager at the end of the year, they called it the curse. (laughs) Performance review was a curse because at the end, it was dissatisfaction with performance appraisal. It was perversive. A lot of the CEO that I reported to at the time thought it was time consuming. It was demotivating, inaccurate, biases, unfair, especially because it's usually linked to your performance appraisal. There was always that appraisal process that many companies would use to identify their top performers. And unfortunately, because of the lack of transparency and unfairness, for some, not all, but some organization and some managers, employees felt that it wasn't justified, right? And so even I, as a manager, I had to write my own performance review, right? Because I'm reporting to someone else. And so I didn't remember anything. (laughs) 
I had a blank. I was like, what did I do? And literally, I was stressed about it because I was like, I have no idea. What am I going to write in this? But I've learned over the years to start something that I've implemented over the years, have a scorecard at the beginning of the year. And in the scorecard, every quarter, you should be hopefully generating some conversation with your management to say where you're at, right? So you have a specific goal. So technically, you would have three to four goals or one goal that you get to break down into four main sub goal. And then every quarter, you see where you're at and what you've done to achieve that goal. And I love that because I did not have a choice personally when I created that to write my goals, to write what I've done, to write where we're at, and to also speak from a feedback perspective, exchanging what was hard, what was not, what I need to work on, what I need to improve, and what is great, what is going great, and also taking that time to celebrate myself, right? Because oftentimes as top performers, we don't celebrate ourselves. We just go, 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 busy, 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 right? So those quarterly sessions of performance session, mid-sessions, allowed me to really review my work. And so at the end of the year, it was just a breeze, right? It wasn't, oh my God, what have I done for 12 months? It was more like, okay, we've looked into three quarters of the year about what has happened. Now it's finalizing that end of goal and seeing where it feeds into the overall objective. I did the same when I was in that role, the management role now, I use the same scorecard to help employees do the same and implement that in their own work. I loved it because it created motivation. It created productivity. It created also engagement into, oh my God, okay, I know what to do for the next quarter. It is very clear. I know what I have to work. I know I can actually create a learning plan that is aligned now for the quarter, not for the whole year, but for the quarter to get and achieve that goal. I hope that that helps for anyone who's looking into and stressing out for the end of the year. You might have missed that. It's okay. And you're stressing. We're going to talk about that in a shortly. But hopefully, as you start your January, don't wait that you're reaching your mid-year to start having those conversations. Start having these conversations in January, like many people are back on January 3rd or 4th. So start preparing for those conversations in advance, create a scorecard and do it from a quarterly perspective. And then afterwards, amend it according to the picture of the organization, because I believe that many executive team provide their expectation mid-January, if I'm depending on the, the organization, and then adjust and amend. At least you don't wait last minute and say, oh my God, we need to do this and this, but you have a good idea and having those conversations. What do you say, Heli? Yes, because as you were talking, something popped into my mind. I know for a previous episode, I think we talked about perfectionism. And this is where perfectionism can really, really, really show up, especially if you're a higher achiever. Because now that perfectionist is going to say, I need to make sure that I include every single thing that I did, or I want them to know how great. And I want to make sure that I include everything. I want to make sure that I word it correctly. And I want to make sure that, you know, I have all the information. And then maybe we do gather a whole bunch of information. And then maybe we work and pour hours upon hours of trying to get it right. And we write it up and then we're like, oh no, that doesn't sound right. Let me go back and do it again. I've talked to individuals that have, you know, reworked and reword their performance evaluation day after day after day. And so again, when you think about that, you have to come in and say, I'm going to spend a certain amount of time on it. A time limit is really good. and can be very helpful to say, I'll spend an hour today or hour in the morning or hour in the afternoon to focus on this. So then of course you can spend maybe an hour in the morning preparing or gathering your information and then spend that time in the afternoon, maybe putting it together, you know, where to enter it and word it the way you want it to sound and enter it into the system that you use for your performance review. It can be really nerve wracking. That can take up a lot of time. And then you find yourself wondering that I do the best job that I could have. I tell people too, if you have a trusted friend or a colleague or a peer, 
fear, maybe if, if there's trust, have them look it over or run a couple of things by them sometimes just to say, hey, does this sound right? Do I need to add anything else? I've found that when you're doing your performance review, making sure that you add the impact and the detail will be really helpful. And that again, helps your manager. That's going to help them out a lot when they have to go and review that because they can easily see the impact when you highlight it. They don't have to wonder and they immediately can think, yeah, that was a great project. They did a really good job. And as a leader too, when you're going through and performance reviews, especially if you have a large team, it can be daunting. And so after probably about a couple of them, you're tired, right? <laughs> I can't read any more of this stuff. And so then you may try to rush through or just get them done. But again, for you to have adequate amount of time to review them, but you're and have a fresh mind too, but you can be able to give your full attention and devotion to each individual on your team. Because I hear a lot of times from clients and they feel like sometimes their leaders don't even read them. I've read some articles where people said they put like really funny stuff or crazy stuff in their performance review just to see if their leader was reading it. And lots of times they weren't and they were getting approved and they come back and say, did you really see what I wrote in that performance review? So again, make sure you take the time to go through and read them and really examine them because it means a lot to that individual. You know, even you have as a leader having to complete it yourself, you want your leader to take the time to read it and to really understand and see what you did. So make sure you put forth that same effort when you're doing it for your team. You no, know, I was cracking up when you were saying that. I really do believe that people need to remember why the purpose of those performance review. Um, yes, there is a link to your performance appraisal and bonuses if you work for such companies. But at the end of the day, the purpose of a performance review is two things. The first is obviously to evaluate the performance, right? And is it accurate? Is it actionable evaluation? That's what it is. It's not like a judgment aspect. It's supposed to be actionable evaluation of performance. The other part is to see where there's any type of development for that employee's skills to be developed in line with the job path. I'm going to actually add a third part because it's not often spoken about out loud. The other part would be we evaluate your performance. We help you with your developmental and your professional skill so that you can do the job. But also I'm going to add that it's a great opportunity from a career perspective in the sense that get those conversations, maybe not that same day, but the conversation of career development because your employees are not there to stay in the same job forever. I'm sorry if you think that, but it's not the case. People grow, people develop, people evolve, and it's okay to let them go. So if you keep them, restrain them into a position and you only see them in a box and yet they see themselves go beyond or some people doesn't even know, right? So they are on a career path and doesn't even realize what they want. It's okay to take some time and say, hey, we're going to have two types of meeting. The first meeting we're going to have, let's say in October would be a good idea. We're going to have a career development talk and it has nothing to do with, you know, what's going to happen. I can't promise you for a promotion or anything, but let's have that career talk and help you figure out or give you the tools to figure out, are you aligned? And the reason why as a manager, you want to know that is that you want to know if your employee is on the verge of leaving or if you can help that person leave into a great position because you want to make sure that they can refer other people to say, hey, I've worked in this company with this type of manager and these managers helped me, supported me because one positive helps a lot. One negative is seven bad judgment. You want to be sure that you reinforce the support that you provide to your employees. The second reason why you want to have the career development on top of, you know, defining if there's a turnover is that you want to do to others what you want them to do for you. So think about it. As a manager, you want to be the best manager you can possibly be because you want to be the manager that they want to be, right? You want to be able to reinforce a 
positive aspect of leadership. And if you are showing up as a bad manager or a bad apple, well, you're leaving other people saying, I don't want to be in that position, which is a loss from a leadership pipeline for the company because now they're not growing their people properly. Yes. As you were saying that so many things came to mind, but especially one point that stood out is those one-on-one meetings. As a leader or a manager, when you're having those one-on-one meetings with your team and direct reports, you should already know kind of what their goals are. You should be having those career conversations with them at least once a month or at least once a quarter. So when it comes time for performance reviews, you know what their goals are. You know how close they've been to achieving those goals. And then it's an easier conversation. There's nothing worse than not knowing where they are since you all met maybe mid-year, six months ago, or even at the beginning of the year when you set those year goals. And now at the end of the year, you have no idea what they've done. You don't know how close they are. You don't really know where they feel they're at. And so maybe you have a perception of where you think they are. And maybe it's not where they think they are. So now we don't have alignment. And maybe they feel that they should be up for a promotion or a raise or a new job title. But because you haven't been tuned in and talking to them and meeting with them to know where they are, now it's conflict. And we want to avoid that. That's one of the things that people really want to avoid when an employee feels that they deserve a promotion or a title and they feel they've done the work that the manager isn't really sure. And sometimes the manager does know. So in those cases, you can handle it that way. But when you aren't as familiar, it can be difficult because you have to now justify whether the person should or shouldn't when you should already know. You should have already been having those conversations throughout the year. So then you can support them. And then that way too, it helps when you're setting goals for the next year because that's going to be the next step, right? And then you'll already know, okay, so they work on this this year. We know where they want to go for their next step or their next role. So now we can help do those goals for that. And then also too, if you're setting goals based around the company's goals and what they have, it's easier too for that person to see where they fit in, where they can have impact, where they can take their skill set to apply that and how to take it forward. My takeaway from today's episode, if you're preparing for your performance review, is to definitely take time to prepare beforehand. Sit down and think about the things that you haven't already done. So start a, start a document, keeping track of your accomplishments and what you did. Another tip is to also think about areas of growth, because sometimes that can be hard for your leaders, especially at this time when they're trying to do all those performance reviews and read all those and complete them. Maybe come with something you thought about as a goal for yourself, professional development and personal development. And also maybe an area where you know you didn't do as good a job as you could have. Bring that up yourself. Don't wait for them to bring it up. Bring it up and say, you know what? I noticed this year that this was an area of opportunity. Maybe I wasn't able to take it on as much because of other things. But next year, I really want to focus on this area again to really enhance or help the team. And that's great because it again shows your manager your forward thinking. So that's my takeaway point. Greg, what's your takeaway point? My takeaway is that performance review happens every year at the same period of the year. There's no reason for us to be surprised when it actually happens. Be prepared, as Haley mentioned earlier, and take time. I'm saying this with a lot of humor, but the truth of the matter is I've seen too many people going and leaving the work office towards the holiday stressed and burned out because they haven't taken that time or they're reluctant to do those performance review. As I mentioned earlier, the performance review has two goals. And if you remember those goals, it will help you really center your conversation. You don't have to spend a whole hour per person and do not do all these performance review within the same day or within the same four days, because then you're going to be burned out. So spread them out. And that's going to help you a lot. And also will allow the employees to have you on your best day. So a person that is coming at eight o'clock and you know, as a manager, your mind is sharp and you're happy from eight to 12, then don't schedule 
schedule anything after from one to four, because then whoever is going to get those performance review won't have you on your best platform. They'll have the rest, right? So the not so jovial, not so this, not so that, and maybe bringing so many judgments afterwards and also insecurity for the employee, even though everything is written on a piece of paper. So make sure that you're creating those performance review during times that you as a manager are happy and are sharp and able to have those comments. Put your emotion on the side, not out of the door. I really trust that we all come with our emotions. But if you know your emotions are off, then deal with your emotion first so that no one else has to handle your emotions or your bad day. That's my takeaway. We don't want any leftovers. That's what I'm gonna call them. <laughs> Everybody wants the best. <laughs> yes, no one wants to deal with that, right? We spend 40 hours at work minimum. So can we please have 40 hours that we actually want to come back? So let's all do our part, in other words. Yes, I love that. On that end note, we're going to say no more leftovers, bring your best, show up with your best, and think about the time that's best for you to complete that. So we hope these tips help you today with our discussion on performance reviews. And if you have any comments, any thoughts, how do you prepare for your performance review? We'd love to hear about them. So please leave a comment and on Apple or Google or whatever uh, podcast platform you use. Go ahead and put those comments out there about how you're approaching the performance review season. And as always, remember, you have the power to create the life you want. So go out there and intentionally design your success today. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Success by Design podcast. That's it for this episode. And as always, you have the power to create the life you want. So go out there and intentionally design your success today. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next time on the Success by Design podcast.